1: Welcome to Are You Afraid, Double Feature, Part 1, Red Tide, brought to you by KPCD666 Cape Radio, a Radio.com original series, PapiChula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Thursday, September 16th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on FX's American Horror Story, Double Feature. Please welcome my co-hosts, Madison Fitzpatrick.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome back.
1: Odina Gonzalez. Hello. Priscilla Rocha.
0: Hey, everybody.
1: And Vinny Hatcher.
3: Well, hello. (laughs)
1: Yes.
3: (laughs) I don't have anything original tonight. I'm saving it for the end.
1: Oh, stay tuned.
3: Let's jump into our recap
1: of Season 10, Episode 5, which was titled Gaslight, and aired uh, September 15th, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Harry struggles to keep Alma under control. Doris is pushed past her limits. Two teeny tiny sentences... All focusing on the A storyline, nothing on uh, Mickey and uh, our girl in in the press release. Fascinating. So, as I was saying all that, what I'm trying to say is, this episode was interesting for American Horror Story, because usually I have... Many sections that we have to get through, like every character has their arc, this, that, or the other. We really only had an A storyline with the Gardeners, and a B storyline with uh, Mickey and Tuberculosis Karen. That was it in this episode. This is the penultimate episode of the Red Tide Saga Next week is the final installment in Red Tide. Then after that, we head on over to Death Valley for just four episodes. So uh, let's hope that's good. So let's talk about this one. And we are going to talk about the A storyline first. And the A storyline has to deal with gaslighting in a major way. Uh, Doris gives birth... uh, uh, Doris is taken home early. Doris catches Alma sucking the baby's blood. Um, Doris finds out the truth. Doris is offered the muse, and she throws it away. Doris is, um, is tempted and um uh, um basically uh um buttered up to take the muse by Alma she ends up taking it she gets fester with it and uh yeah i mean we go from th- this episode goes from harry really trying to keep his family together to harry uh, based off of uh alma and Ursula's machinations, uh, accepting the fact that uh, maybe he's better off without Doris. So uh, let's talk about it all, because I, I, I mean, I don't have that much, that many questions about it, because a lot happens. But I mean, a lot of it is stuff that we sort of expected. Uh, so, what did we think of it? What did we think of? Doris because this was Doris's episode. I mean as much as you know the um press release really the, the first sentence is talking about Harry and Alma, which it is true, but this was Doris's hour. This was Lily Rabe's uh hour and a half actually because this was a jumbo-sized episode of American Horror Story. What I will say because I know we haven't had fans of Doris as a character. I haven't really been a big fan of Doris as a character, as well, but I've really enjoyed Lily Rabe's portrayal of Doris, and for me, because I'm not, I know I'm not going to go first for the MVP, because I'm the person that picks the, who goes first for the MVP, for me, she was the MVP of the episode, I loved Lily Rabe, like, I was so engrossed in the character quirks that we got from Doris in this episode, I thought the way that she played the gaslighting, like, I felt bad for her, like, big time. And uh, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel because we were all sort of talking about, okay, Doris clearly isn't talented. Doris will take the pill some way, somehow, some form, and Doris was going to get fester with it. And I found myself really having a visceral reaction to it. Like, I found myself almost, like, clenching my fist because I was so disgusted by how much they were gaslighting her. And I really felt bad for her as a character. Like, she's the character, if we're going to give her a horror movie trope, she's the character. She's, like, the innocent. She's the character that suffers based off of, like, the protagonist's mistakes And that's what she did in this episode. This was all about her suffering. And I was here for it because Lily Ray was playing the fuck out of it. But, uh, yeah, our girl, or at least my girl, because I I was Team Doris. I was like, get the fuck out of that house. My girl was suffering. Um, Vinny. Talk to me about Doris. Talk to me about the gardeners. I don't know if you had the same reaction to me as I did.
3: Hercules, Hercules, I was so hoping you'd pick me first. You're going to hate
1: me. (laughs) Oh, okay, good. I can't wait.
3: (laughs) I hated Doris in this episode because Doris became Fairchild from American Horror Story Cult. We have seen this before. It literally, when I made the joke the other week about how Lily Rabe got the Sarah Paulson character this episode, this season, I was joking. Like, I, I didn't think they would actually go this route. But literally, this episode, her arc was so entirely predictable. And her character, like, she has to be one of the most clueless and just completely oblivious people on the face of the planet. Like, obviously, yes, she just had birth. I give her that. I am not in any way trying to like depreciate from the enormity of what giving birth does to a person, but even before this birth, this bitch has been like already there have been so many red flags about her husband and her whack ass daughter that there was absolutely no reason for me not She's to say a this. She
1: whack ass daughter, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just had to react. She deserved
3: Oh no, yeah. She totally deserved what she got. I'm sorry. Like I I had no sympathy for her character. I thought she was acted well with what she was given to portray i I am not in any way saying lily Rabe did not do a good job she did great with what she had to work with and the fact that she did it so well really i mean i agree with you in that regard because as much as i hate her i feel like is as much as you were here for her this episode like she played it really really well but i literally if you guys have ever seen scary movie for this entire episode in my mind i had brenda be like oh girl no 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 don't do that You know, like, I literally, it it just, I had no sympathy whatsoever. It, It was, you know, she, I loved the fact that she, at one point, knocked the glass out of the hand and wasn't going to take the pill, and I was actually like, oh, so girl does have a backbone. She might actually survive this episode, and she might not be Little Miss predictable and take the pill, become Fester, and be left out in the cemetery to rot. But no, I, Alma. Pull the wool over her eyes, and all the resolution, all of the the determination that Doris had was just pulled out from under the character. I thought she completely undermined herself. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I also thought that it drug drug out way too long, while at the same time, the fester process happened entirely too fast. Like literally in the flashback episode, it didn't seem like it was happening as quickly as it did. So maybe the chemist changed something That wasn't explained. But literally, I feel like this was like, you know, those bags of minute rice. This was like a bag of minute fester. You take one pill and put her in the microwave or the bathroom in this case, and she's she comes out festered. I yeah, it it didn't sit well with me. I didn't care for the arc. I could have done without it because it ended up being exactly what we predicted. Uh, I was kind of hoping that if they did have her take the pill, they would do something unique, like maybe she'd be the first fester that was, you know, wasn't fully primal, would maintain some intellectual logic or something and she would turn the tables like i would have loved to have her suddenly become like the queen of the festers and destroy the town and and ruin everything but literally note for note everything that happened in this episode and i won't talk about the other plot points but everything in this episode was pretty much i feel like color by numbers and all of us predicted it and called it from like the second episode the way this was going to go down so i was very disappointed
1: can i just say just as a quick um rebuttal for yeah. the whole um, fairchild from cult, for me, the difference between the characters because I there are similarities. I do agree with you for me, the big difference is is that some of Doris's let's say naivete uh, some of her her dumbness, I can't attribute to the fact that she was pregnant. And that she was go- she it was like post pregnancy, Fairchild uh, was just a lot, and I don't mean that in a good way.
3: Yeah, I guess for me, like my my view of like a a woman who has just given birth, like she wants to protect her child, and that was what we got from Doris this season. Is like she's very much a protector and. I mean, yeah, she was weak, and she was, she was obviously emotional from what was going on. I don't know. I just felt like her character kind of, there was that turning point in the episode where it was like, all right, girl, you're going strong, and then, you know, you know what this child is. You know what Alma is, and, you know, you know she bit your baby, and yet you're letting her pull one over. I didn't buy it, but I get what you're saying, and I agree to a certain extent, yeah. All right. Priscilla.
1: What about you? Everything the Gardeners. Not just Doris, if you want to talk about Alma. But whomever you want to chat about with the Gardeners.
4: Oh, I
0: want to talk about Alma. I hate that little girl so fucking much. Oh Facts. my god, that I, girl. I rocks.
1: know, and I feel bad because oh. it's a child, but I hate that child so much. The actor is fantastic. The child as a character, that character is, I hope, and oh, I feel horrible. When I'm saying this about a child, but I hope she has a horrible demise next week. Like, I want yeah. Bel Noir to, like...
0: Rip her throat out Like it's just you know She's such a bitch She's Oh my god the whole time I was like Oh my god you're such a little demon What are you doing tempting Your mother like that what are you doing Eating your little brother
1: I know right
0: You're such A little bitch What a little turd Oh my god
3: But remember babies taste better
0: I made myself cry playing after drinking that baby blood. Oh my God, you made me cry <laughs> you too. I would never listen to a thing she said if I if 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 I had, if I was her father and I had heard that I would have broken her violin like right then and there and been like, you're never gonna get another pill again, and like, just parented the fuck out of her. But obviously not because he's a genius at writing, but apparently a terrible father. So yeah, that. We we have that going for him. Oh my god, it was so miserable. Definitely. I felt so bad for Doris because she was the only one that noticed that he that she that I'm a bit the little baby.
3: Yeah, I just want to request that we make stickers with Priscilla's face on them, saying "I'm gonna parent the fuck out of you." I'm gonna parent the fuck out of you.
1: Yes. <laughs> Oh God! All right, all right, Priscilla. Yes, Alma is horrible. I agree. Maddie fits everything. Gardeners.
2: So, can we not uh, talk about? I think the biggest thing that we need to talk about. (laughs) Um, the beginning of the episode. Oh, (laughs) let's talk about the beginning. Turned it. I almost turned it off. I was so disgusted.
1: (laughs) Can I just say, and and I will say this, I was a biology major. Like, I have been in labs. Like, I have dissected, we dissected a mink. It smelled really bad. Um, I'm not squeamish. I, I can eat and watch TV for the most part, and it can be whatever the hell is on. I was not even eating. And I was like, Soiled... Sturf? Like, the germaphobe in me came out big time, and then the disgusted in me came out big time. He, like, squeezed all the stuff, and he took shots like it was fucking tequila.
2: And I'm with you. Like, I can watch gore... I can handle any blood situation, like, anything. I'm usually just like, oh, how did they do that? How did they make the organs look like this? That's so cool. Like, it's all corn syrup, blah, 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 blah. This, I'm watching it, and I am literally, like, holding to my shirt. I am so grossed out. And I don't know if it's because I'm a girl, and I experience those things every month well, there but is that. dear god just thinking about i just i no mm, no nope, nope. i just wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page because <laughs> i was about to turn <laughs> okay. it off
1: can we talk about all the temptations in that room first it was the baby then it was when they cut the umbilical cord. Like, he was getting tempted all over the fucking place. I thought he was literally going to leave the room to be, like, oh, gosh, you know, like, feigning that, you know, oh, like, I can't handle this. You know, this is, you know, the blood and the guts is too much. And then he was going to go to, like, the blood bank and, like, sneak in. I would like... just,
2: like, you know, when, but no, when the stuff, she first not? had gone to the hospital and Alma was looking at the blood bags that were in um, the like mm-hmm. container, I would have just gone and grabbed one of those and brought it back into the bathroom or something if you were really desperate, but uh, just like you're squeezing the blood out of the, the soiled <laughs> linens. I just, I no. Oh, it was just, it was too much. It was just, ugh.
3: I almost expected to go to a shot of him slurping up the umbilical cord like a spaghetti noodle.
2: Uh, it
3: was so oh. disgusting. Uh, but mind you, as I just, I'm now getting served dinner as we sit here talking about this. Uh, but yeah, no, that was gross. Even I was grossed out by that. It was a lot. That was, was a cool. lot. A lot. Yeah.
2: I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page before we really started to get into this episode. Because that was just a lot to begin with. And, um, but yeah, my opinion of this episode, um, like we've been saying, a lot of things were very predictable, um, extremely frustrating. But, uh, and the other characters in this episode, something does happen that we're going to talk about, which I was extremely surprised about. Um, oh yeah, we'll I be talking about the say... B plot in a little bit. Yeah. So, but what I wanted to say before we really get into is that the cinematography that kind of started after the birth, like, was amazing. The whole um, focus, like, in focus, out of focus, um,
4: Mm
2: -hmm. visuals, you know, the beach, the buildings, you know, the sand, the waves. Like, that, what they had put in there was just so beautiful. I was so, in like... I just amazed by those visuals. And I don't know if you guys caught on to that too. They kind of went in and out when Doris was kind of, you know, in and out of her, um, I don't know, I guess drugged phase. Um, but I thought that that was gorgeous. And like we were saying in the first couple episodes, just this whole scenery, this location that they have been filming at is just gorgeous. And I'm so happy that they used it to their, um, you know, there's strengths in this season so far because it, it's, it was just gorgeous.
1: Since you mentioned that, I also want to give props to what they did with the visuals as well as the audio every time Doris would wake up. It was, we were, like, in her mind. It was a little bit disorienting. I thought all of that was a really nice touch.
2: It's kind of like in a war movie when when somebody, um, there's an explosion, Mm -hmm. and then there's, like, the ringing in the ears, and you can't really hear what somebody's trying to say to you. It's, like, muffled and stuff. It's kind of, like, the same thing, and it was really, really cool how they did that, like, the in and out.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, the whole the thing that uh, Vinny brought up that was interesting about the festering of Doris and how fast it happened, um, I, I didn't mention it when Vinny sort of initially said it, but I, I'm just now thinking about it. Um, and I do agree, it was a bit fast. And, uh, yeah, I was surprised at how fast it happened. I'm still surprised at just one pill turns you into a fester because i i thought in the flashback that we saw last week in that episode that we kind of really went in on um it seemed as if she had given the fester prime you know he he was being like weaned off the pills you know slowly like i'm going to give one to you every couple days and the fester process happened Over the course of a little bit of time. So I do agree with you Vinny. It was a little strange that like Doris went from zero. To fester. In this episode.
2: And I just didn't like how they did it. In the way of. um, For me watching. A horror movie. You know when the music gets silent. And you see the actor in the forefront. And then of course something is going to. Appear in the background. Like there's little things that you kind of catch on after watching so many horror movies and, and stuff like that. And in, in when she turned into a fester, I was so kind of disappointed when they come into the room, um, you know, Mickey and, and, uh, our friend Karen and you see Doris and she's, you, you really don't see her cause she's all blacked out. Like there's a shadow on her. And in that moment I was like, okay, well obviously she's lost her hair because they're not showing her. So it's, I was kind of disappointed in that, like, things weren't surprising, they were predictable, and I think that they could have done her transition a lot better.
1: Mm-hmm. Odina, let's bring you in to the conversation. The Gardeners, Harry, Doris, um, Alma.
4: I opinions. mean, I think I'm gonna disagree a little bit here, because I, this, to me, was my favorite episode. Um, yeah. I think, yes, it was predictable, but I think the way in which they got there and the writing and the impact of everything was a lot heavier and had a lot more weight than previous episodes. So, like, I also had a theory that she became a fester more easily because she was a lot more, like, vulnerable. As everyone's mentioned, she was pregnant she was in an emotional state, like, every five minutes. <laughs> she was, like, freaking out and having a meltdown. So I figured it had maybe something to do with that. There was, like, a reaction. Or she had a stronger reaction mm-hmm. to the pill. Because mm-hmm. when they show the whole, like, sequence of her trying <laughs> to design, and she, like, throws up and stuff. Like, we also didn't see that with Fester Prime, as we're calling him. But, like, I feel like it was sped up because she was already so vulnerable in an emotional state. Um, I think the acting all around was just really, really good. But again, like, even with the whole scene where Alma's trying to tempt her and stuff, like, I don't like Doris's character, but when you really sit down and you think about it, you're like, that's a parent and that's their child. And as everybody's, like, been saying, she was like, I really want to protect my children, my family, whatever. So you're going to be most vulnerable with your child, whether or not you saw your kid <laughs> eating your other kid like a fucking... <laughs> Gusher, you're still gonna have a soft spot. Like you're still more open to trying to listen, and I think that's why she threw away like the pill when Henry or what's his name (laughs) I can't remember his name when her husband gave it to her, like or when she found it and he was there, she threw it away. But when she was alone with Alma, she was in a lot more of a vulnerable state. That and she was also literally being (laughs) sedated. So, like, I mean, her thought process isn't going to be crystal clear either. Um, but I think the emotional impact, like, especially even at the end when they, when he pretty much just admits, like, I don't care about you.
2: like That was, that was rough. Yeah. Like,
4: that whole, to me, that's what really sold me on this episode is that emotional kind of, like, push forward where you realize, like, I don't like Doris's character, but you pity her because you're like, the people she's supposed to love you the most don't give a shit. And it's, like, to the point where it's, like, insidious and evil. Alma's a whole other, that girl needs to be put down ASAP. Like, <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea Noir. Where are you? how they've let her, like, run rampant. Like, as Priscilla said, world's worst parent, hands down. Um, she's a menace to society.
2: She's manipulative.
4: Yeah, like, she's actually insidious. Like, it reminds me of, like, all of those old school movies they did about, like, The Exorcist or, like, the second coming of Satan. I'm like, you are just actually evil. And it's interesting that she's the one that this pill has the most effect on in that sense. But overall, when it comes to the family, I like the breakdown of the family. I like the way that they did it. I do think Doris' character was kind of useless, but I feel like it was just a vehicle to kind of, like, show you just how far people are willing to go because of this pill. Um, And then at the end, when she's, like, eating a squirrel, like, it was almost like a 360 because she found Alma, or a 180 or whatever, uh, she found Alma in the grave (laughs) eating, like, squirrel and then now Alma's coming across her own mother and like the reactions are so opposite, right? Like Doris was like, Oh my God, what are you doing? You can get Lyme disease. And then Alma literally just looks at her mother and like walks away. So I feel like that kind of stuff was really cool. I really liked that and I very much enjoyed it. Um, I do not like Ursula's character just cause she's like equally as evil, <laughs> just motivated by money pretty much. But I do like her sass. So All around, I liked that part. All right. Have you
3: guys ever seen a movie called The Bad Seed? It's Mm -hmm. an older one. But uh, Alma literally reminds me. It's about this little girl who's a sociopath, psychopath. And she's got blonde pigtails. She's in a little girl's dress. And she's like, Mommy, I love you. Mommy, I love you. But meanwhile, she's like killing all of the neighbors in horrific ways. And like she kills one kid because he took her ice skates or something. Alma reminds me of that character.
4: I can see that. Like, she's just, I just like the idea of taking something that's obviously innocent, but she's, like, the most, like, she's the worst out of all of them. But no one's going to do anything because, like, by society standards, as well as their own, like, emotional attachment to her, she's pretty much, like, untouchable. Like, no one's going to do anything except for... (laughs) Bill Noir. yeah maybe the chemist or whoever wants to order them all dead but like when it comes to the her immediate surroundings nobody's willing to do anything because she's a child yep mm-hmm. very true
1: you bring up two other interesting points odina that i i want to really quickly respond to the scene after she took the muse when she was working on her design stuff It gave me a false sense of hope, because I was like, you know, after all this, and, like, we've been, like, sort of shit-talking Doris, and they've been shit-talking Doris, and Holden shit-talked Doris. Could you imagine, like, she takes the Muse pill, and she's going to succeed. And I had a false sense of hope for, like, maybe seven seconds. And then when she started erasing, and I was like, okay, if you're on the Muse, you ain't gonna be erasing shit, because it's perfect. So, so there yeah. Was... I was
2: I was thinking about that too. I was even thinking when I was watching it. I'm like, oh, maybe we're wrong. Oh my god! And, and then she then... pulled out that eraser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no,
1: no way. And the other thing that you brought up that no one else had the little um Harry monologue soliloquy. All right, Harry is a character that I will say, and I'm not saying this in a hardcore kind of way. But like a teeny tiny part of me was trying to root for him. You know, he's the protagonist. You know, he was sort of thrust into this world. You know, he's um, feeding off the world to succeed. There's a part of me that could understand the character. But there are certain lines the character should not cross. And then I stop supporting you if you cross it. And that was something that there was a that was a line for me that he crossed there where i just can't support harry anymore the way that he yeah. really like put down and degraded his wife even though i don't know if she understood any of that i think she did cuz we saw reaction shots so there was like the last bit of humanity that was still in doris was reacting to harry um but harry was just disgusting the the way that you know he went from trying to keep his family together at all costs to giving up on Doris. I, I was just like, Oh, he's, he's gone off the deep end. Yes, yeah. My so
2: I kind of wanted to comment on that as well, because in everything that Ardina was saying, like, um, you know, you feel so bad for her because she's so innocent and stuff like that. Like, I like, I agree. And I think basically this whole episode, especially with Alma being so malicious the way that she is, um, I think it was almost like the family was putting down a dog. The dog had nothing left to give and they were going to euthanize the dog, but the dog was Doris. And that's how it felt like this whole episode. You know, they were breaking down her personality her emotional strength. They were breaking down her as a human. And then when the pill happened, right, I think there was a bit of hope indoors that maybe she could make all this work and everything would be better. And just the way that they kind of threw her out on the street, literally like she was nothing to them. It was, it was kind of heartbreaking because, you know, we did like Doris at the beginning, you know, of the season. And it was like, they were just throwing her out. Like she meant nothing. Mm-hmm. And That was really, really sad, and like I said, I I don't really quite like how fast the whole Fester thing went with her, and yes, it was a little bit bit predictable, but they basically killed her character in the worst way possible, because it was just basically like taking every form of humanity in her, every loving form, and they just put her down like a dog.
1: Is this an example of fridging? For those out there that? that know the the concept, the term, does anyone here know the term fridging? No.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I don't think he counts fridging because it to do, to do fridging, she would have to die, to further along the main character's plot or like his his point of view or his, his way and he was already on the way to be like a genius or on, on the way to success before she died so to speak she, her, her death really meant nothing to him it did nothing for him she was just she's the blip on the radio
1: but it is propelling him in a different direction he was headed to the success and stardom and all that kind of stuff but he was still trying to keep his family intact. With what happened to her, it's almost like he has no—he um, has no attachment now to to anyone that could potentially hold him back. I don't know. if... I don't know. I, in my mind, I'm like because fridging, as you're as you're mentioning, it's usually it's 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 a concept for those that don't know where the female character in whatever, dies, so that the protagonist has, uh, you know, some sort of character epiphany development, that sort of thing that helps them grow as a character. So they kill off the female character so that the male thrives. And uh, I was wondering if this could be considered that, because even though he's not thriving in a positive way, I mean, it's clearly going to make him thrive in, in a bad way. I wonder if this could be considered that.
4: I will say, I think that was the point. Like, I feel like, I mean, we all know Alma freaking constructed this whole thing, but I feel like, in a way, like, it wasn't just to get rid of Doris. I think it was to push her dad in the direction that she is in because he also still had a bit of humanity like he was trying to keep her in check and for the sake of doris and now that that's gone she's like he's going to be more like me so there's like nothing holding anyone back anymore uh-huh. so it was i think it was as much as it was to get rid of doris i think it was to also get rid of whatever shred of humanity and like love he also had
3: i agree I actually, probably, un- I mean, not probably, it is, I have an unpopular opinion, and I actually, I liked Harry in this episode, in the sense of, we finally got him to admit who he really is. I think that, uh-huh. you know, we've spent a lot of the time this season, I mean, we we knew that she, Alma probably got some of her predatory mindset from him to begin with, because he was the one that first, you know, gave in to taking Muse and all of that, but the homicidal part of Alma wasn't truly, it was like, okay, maybe you know, it's there, but I think in this episode, in that very moment, we actually saw Harry's true face. You know, a lot of people hide their darkness, and they hide who they are, and they hide it behind a facade of humanity. I think there was some humanity in him, and I agree with Odina. I think that this could actually, what you were saying, you know, fridging the character Jeff. I think it actually works, because it was Alma who was the impetus behind it, but Doris's deterioration, and more importantly, not even her death as much as the confirmation that she has absolutely no talent, was enough for that little facade that he had to go like, no, you know what? Like, she's not talented. I, I, I loved her at one point, but I'm about to take on the world and be super popular. I can't have this dreg anchor on me of no talent. And so I... I don't don't get me wrong like I don't love the fact that they killed his wife and he was okay with it because of you know but as for the character development I think this was Harry's moment of truth. I think this was the pivotal turn for him to where he's now in the little episode we have left. He's going to embrace his darkness. Tentatively I'm thinking maybe he might approach it with the same level of glee and acceptance that Ursula Ama, Bell and Austin accept it i think doris was holding him back and i'm really actually interested to see where his character goes in the final episode because i was kind of getting tired of it is he or is he not going to you know save doris is he going to stop alma is he going to do this uh i'm really curious to see where it goes
1: so here's the big question the episode ends with ursula and alma walking through town They're walking to see the chemist. Like, the chemist is, like, way out, way out. And they're walking to see the chemist. But they're walking to see the chemist... And Ursula says, oh, you know, I gotta go chat with the chemist, you know, the person that makes the pills, because I gotta set up a deal, and this, that, or the other. She gives a couple strange looks, because Alma's basically like, why am I going? And she's like, oh, you know, because you're a child, and you're gonna be all cute, and... Uh, Yeah, this is the type of cute little kid that's going to convince the chemist, who clearly does not seem to be the type of person that's gonna be swayed by a child, especially a pissy-looking one, like Alma... So what's really going on here? What's going down here? Is, is the she chemist going to kill
0: all She can't walk out in the street alone is what's going on.
1: Okay, you think that's just it?
0: Yeah. I think the Festers would eat her up.
1: I okay, you like- don't think there's an ul- ulterior motive with the chemist, is what I'm asking.
4: So I definitely do. I think Priscilla's right, though. Like, logistically, she couldn't walk anywhere. Um... But I also think, like I said in the previous one, we don't actually know what was said between Ursula and the chemist. And the chemist never, like, she said, no, I didn't make a deal or whatever. But you never see that scene to confirm that. Why would Ursula just be randomly, like, choosing specifically at night to walk to the chemist's house with a child? Like, I just think that she's part of that whole plot. Because oh, okay. she knew about Alma before she went to go see the chemist. So she probably mentioned something. The chemist is a researcher. She's probably never had her pills or like a scientist, sorry. Um, she's probably never had her pills tested on a kid before. And Alma seems like a pretty strange case. So I I personally, I think she, something's going to happen to Alma and thank God it's about time. <laughs> um, <laughs> she needs to be, again, put down. But yeah, I think Ursula's obviously just going to use Alma for whatever leverage or whatever deal she struck with the chemist.
3: I agree. I, that's the point that I was about to make too is I I Ursula is nothing if not calculating and manipulative and she knows how to come out on top. I mean, look how she handled Mickey and stopped him from killing her. And Ursula is someone that I feel like gets what she wants. So I agree. I think that she either she struck a deal with the chemist or, if there wasn't a deal, I feel like she is conniving and cunning enough to think about, okay, well, if you're a scientist and you're testing this, wouldn't it be awesome if I just showed up with a, a child on a silver platter and said, dissect away and gave me the pills?
1: Yeah, because that's what I feel. Because I feel like something bad is going to happen Alma, which I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm really excited about. So, <laughs> I mean, props to that young actor. She's doing a fantastic job. But that character's a pos. I mean, let's just be real. She is horrible, and she cannot be out in the American Horror Story universe, wreaking havoc. I'm just
3: saying. I'm just I saying. Do have one question. Mm-hmm. Did we hear anything about what happened after the sheriff died? Because I don't remember them mentioning it at
4: all. Nope. No, that's what I was wondering too. I was like, was Doris yeah. like? How did they get rid of the body and all the yeah. blood?
3: Like, the title of this episode, Gaslight, I was like, I feel like we got uh, gaslighted by the sheriff's death. Like, I watched start to finish, and I I don't remember them even so much as putting a nod to when Ursula was like, we have to talk. It was just, like, jumped forward to where all all is fine and dandy, and they brought her home from the hospital.
1: Yep, we were gaslit, bigly. Yes,
3: so anything else about the gardeners?
1: Anything that I missed before we get into the B-plot? All right, let's do it. Mickey and Tuberculosis Karen's Excellent Adventure. So the episode, the B-plot was focused on Mickey, Tuberculosis Karen. Mickey is a big-timer now. He is going to be in charge of writing not just a Speed Racer movie. No, 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 it's not just a movie. It's a film and uh, product Universe: We're talking movies, probably TV shows, video games, books, etc, etc, etc. The studio has even sent him a modern car that's the closest to the speed racer car that they could possibly get to. He ends up picking up tuberculosis Karen because she is inspired to paint. She goes off to paint. Um, Mickey ends up telling Belle Noir where she is, and Bel Noir tells, uh, tells uh, Karen. I want the gardener's baby, um, and Karen is basically like, no, she's not gonna do it. But she ends up um, getting her arm twisted, and uh, she's being forced to do it. When she tells that to Mickey, Mickey basically tells her the only way to do this to get rid of those the the festers that uh, Bell Noir controls, and um, to get. it. Get away from Bel Noir. Is to take the pill. Take the pill. We'll go to Hollywood. We'll take over. We'll be a power couple. Money, money, money. Hollywood, money, money, money. West Coast. Karen's like, nope, 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 nope. And uh, when um, she has the idea to go take the gardener's baby, but to take it for herself, which I guess is maybe better than giving it to Bel Noir, although that's questionable. But she's like, you know, I know I'm a junkie, but I'll get clean, and I'll take care of the baby, and the baby will take care of me, and Mickey's like, that's not how that works. But they do try to go get the baby, and it's thwarted once uh, Karen sees that uh, Doris is a fester. She's like, you're all crazy. So she runs outside, she gets surrounded by festers, and Mickey's basically like, Mickey gives her the talk that Harry gives Doris. But I would say in a nicer way. (laughs) He's basically like, you know what, girl? I really can't be doing this. And you're kind of bringing me down just a little bit. So I really can't help you. But I will leave you this pill. And if you would like to help yourself, because I know that you can do this. You're creative. You're wonderful. You're magical. Take the pill. Take it. And bye. So he leaves, she gets surrounded by the festers, she ends up taking the pills, immediately, like, once the pill hits her tongue, the festers just, you know, skedaddle. And uh, you could tell that her response to the pill still isn't good, because she, isn't, she doesn't want more, she isn't really interested in feeding, um, she's disgusted by the whole thing, so she still has her Karen POV. And so when, um, you know, Mickey decides to take her to the beach because she wants to paint, she wants to paint her masterpiece. Um, and he's like, well, there's someone that you can get to, to feed off of so that will inspire you. And she basically tells him, you know, I'm doing this not just for you, but for me. She ends up biting into his neck, feeds off of him, paints her masterpiece, Slices her wrists, her arms, and um, traipses into the ocean, I guess, and for her death.
3: And causes a red tide. There you go. Can I just
1: say I did not see this coming at all. In a Me big neither. way. In a big way. So Yeah, I maybe. Mean- Okay, good. So let, let's talk about this, uh, Maddie Fitz. You were the one that that was like, you know, when we get to this. So talk to me about it. Tuberculosis, Karen, Mickey, yes. both dead by the end of the
2: episode. I know. I know. Unless I...
1: tuberculosis, Karen is going to spring up as a mermaid or something or a siren,
2: right? I don't think. Yeah. This is gonna I happen. mean, this uh, this part in the episode was definitely surprising uh for me at least um i thought mickey was great he was put together i feel like he still had some part of humanity in him um just the way up that to he a certain point me, karen what
1: i said up to a certain point yes, he did leave I her think... to die i'm just saying
2: i know i know but i mean like i just feel like he was I don't know. I wasn't so angry at him like I was with with our uh, gardener family. I guess I would say mm-hmm. because yeah. because bottom line is I think that Karen did have talent. Um, so maybe he was just kind of being like, "You deserve greatness, even at the cost of eating people." I guess, um, but you deserve it. And I I thought that uh, he really did love her and. Um, yeah so karen taking the pill um i don't know i don't i personally don't think we got an answer of is she was she talented or was she not um i think oh we did she fed and she started painting yep. i know but does that mean it was good though like it I don't was know.
1: a masterpiece. How dare you?
2: Well, we never... We didn't see it, right? Like, I don't know. I think she was talented, and I just think that after everything that she's been through, she just said enough is enough, and um, I would have kind of liked, um, like, a PSA or something on She wanted the... a PSA? Oh, but no, but, like, on the suicide scene, like... Oh, okay. okay, yeah, like okay, a okay, trigger okay. Yes. Warning. Yeah, or something like that. Um, just, I mean, like, eating babies. I thought you literally... meant, like,
1: tuberculosis Karen and, like, a PSA or something.
2: No, no. <laughs> but, I mean, like, we've already seen, like, people eating babies and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's a little triggering to some people. And I feel like that should have been a thing. Um, that was just something that I, I had thought about when I was watching it. Um, but... I'm super upset that these two characters are gone now. Um, I finally saw Mickey kind of in a different light. Um, as I was saying in the beginning, you know, of the season, I really hope that they had were going to do something more with his character as I think that the actor deserves more. And I think that we did see that um, in this episode. And, you know, Karen's not so bad now, hey eh, guys? <laughs> you know, um, so... I don't know. I think that their whole love story, as it is, um, was really sweet and heartbreaking. And I just, it sucks. It sucks that they're gone now.
1: Yeah. For me, Macaulay Culkin has been a revelation during this American Horror Story. Double feature. Red Tide, part one. Like, he has been fantastic. And I hope he returns for more because seeing him play different characters is going to be very interesting priscilla t b
0: karen mickey oh like i felt so bad for her with like especially when he's like you're going to be the heroine that i write in all my movies and she's like no please don't leave me <laughs> and, and God, this is like the episode of Pathetic Heroines, because everyone, like, is doing everything perfectly, like, they're doing everything they're supposed to do, and it still ends up like shit for them, like, they can't do anything to stop these blood-sucking vampires from just taking over and letting, and doing whatever the hell they want, and that's exactly what, what Mickey did, he made her turn into a vampire too. And she couldn't do anything about it. She just had to. It was either that or die. And she didn't want to die right then and there. But apparently she made up her mind later on that it was better to die than to live as a vampire. And chose to take Mickey out with her, which was good. It was admirable. That was something that was shocking to me. I was like, whoa. I thought for sure that it was going to like go down in the last episode with like a standoff between her and Bel Noir or something. I don't know. Something kitschy and very American horror story that way, but that's almost uh, like a heroic death. It was interesting and New and different and I liked that it was cool writing
1: You reminded me so- of something Priscilla uh, the teeny tiny little Nosferatu uh, Homage that we got in the episode. I don't know if anyone else caught it when Doris uh, Climbed up the stairs with the I think she had the knife at that point maybe mm-hmm. That was very Nosferatu, with the shadow. I mean, it was spectacular. Odina, talk to me about...
4: Mickey. Karen. Death. Okay. um, I am going to eat my words, because TB Karen has now made my like top favorite person. Um, Besides, like, I feel like, even though this was like plot B... This is what made my final decision on actually, like, loving this episode.
2: Me too, girl. Me too.
4: Um, Just the nuance behind their story is insane. Like, their love story was giving me Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet. Like, but, like, toxic and, like, kind of hopeless, like, with, like, points of, like, disparity. Like, it was just... You can tell the pill was changing him because when he first was taking it, he never forced her to. He wanted her to. He was trying to convince her. But then he progressed to this stage now where he was literally willing to kill her to force her to do something. And that's just such a toxic relationship in general. And I think that's probably at the point where... because And I kind of saw it coming because she took the pill and she was freaking out for a bit. But then all of a sudden she like just seemed fine and they were going to go to the beach and i was like no she's not just fine she just she's smart in her own way and she just knows that what she has to do in her mind so that whole like idea of like l- love and like being hopeless and it being toxic and understanding that you need to let go of certain things brilliant writing and then just the actual scene the music the cinematography of when they're on the beach, and she goes into the water, like, that struck me pretty hard. And then when you take the, like, the end of them, and, like, kind of compare it side-by-side with the gardeners, and what they did to Doris, you're like, and then this is what I think, I guess, people were trying to, or, I forget who said it before, I think it was Maddie. Um, I kind of, in some essence, respect Mickey, because I Think what he genuinely believed what he was doing was out of love. Whereas you take that and you compare it with Henry, Harry, whatever the hell. He just was purely selfish. He didn't care. Like, there was no love left there. So that's why. And that's, I think, the other cool part about it, too, is that TB Karen, like, she died in a very, like, it was obviously physical. She died. But, like, she chose to go out that way. With Doris, they didn't give her an option. They just metaphorically killed her and left her to, like, rot. And I think comparing those two things is really amazing. And then understanding on top of that, that even if you take the pill, it really, for me, is starting to show that it boils down to who you are underneath. Like, if you have that, like, insane ambition that can push you enough to become a monster, metaphorically, or if you're just, like, gonna be, like... Because Mickey wasn't really, like, doing anything crazy, like Alma or anything. Like, it was affecting him, but slowly. And it wasn't like he was willing to forsake who he was. So I feel like just showing the way that the pill is affecting people differently is interesting. But overall, like, I really, really loved this. Shout out to TV Garen. Like, I'm sorry for trashing you. Amazing character. Amazing finishing to the character. I do agree with Maddie, though. There should have been, like, a bit of a trigger warning somewhere in the episode because that is very triggering to a lot of people. Um, And she definitely had talent. Just, like, the way she was painting after she fed and stuff like that. I also think that's another pretty, like, artistic and creative, like, thing to do is just to have her like in it's really sad (laughs) because she finally makes a masterpiece she finally gets the one thing that she really dreamed about but it was like tinged with sadness and like horror in that sense that like you knew it was about to be the end anyways but overall chef's kiss
2: yeah adina like thank you for you know coming off of my kind of statement where you're saying, you know, like the Gardner situation is so different from Karen and Mickey's situation, because like I was saying, they literally put Doris down like a dog they didn't believe in her Henry, Harry, whatever asshole dad he brought over Dennis Leary's character to see if her designs were good enough
1: not Dennis Leary from Rescue Me
2: Sorry, Dennis O'Hare. Dennis O'Hare. He brought him over to see if her drawings were even good enough. Like, he had to confirm with somebody because he didn't believe that his wife had a shred of talent. But with Mickey, Mickey saved Karen's paintings. And consistently in the episode, you saw him like gazing at the paintings and stuff like that. Like, he actually believed in Karen. And I think that was so such a contrast and that's why i kind of enjoyed mickey in this episode because i didn't think that he was necessarily harsh and 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 hateful and a vampire you know yet this this monster yet because he really wanted the best for her he was kind of just being that like devil's advocate you know, push it to the brink type thing to see her potential and wanting the best for her. Like, yeah, obviously like toxic, but I felt like it came from a good place rather than this other family who just literally threw the rock of their family out on the street because they knew that she was nothing. Like they didn't want her to live a happy life if she wasn't talented. Like that's not your call. You know what I mean? And they pushed her to that. But with, karen and mickey i just feel like it was it was a much more complex different situation and it was heartbreaking to see it end and um but yeah like you're saying adina just beautiful cinematography the way that they put it all together i think this season has done such a good job with that something that we haven't really seen before maybe they hired a new cinematographer for uh this season we have to maybe look at the credits for that
1: So TB, Karen, and Mickey did not get a happy ending. But we can imagine, you know, an alternate timeline where Karen and Mickey have taken over Hollywood. That damn bitch from the murder house over on the spinoff gets a fucking happy ending. (laughs) But not Karen! (laughs) How dare they. Vinny, I heard your chuckles. Let's bring you into the combo. TB, Karen, Mickey... Thoughts, please.
3: So while I did say that it was predictable, I did see this coming. Um, but oh. my predictable comment is not to disparage this storyline. I actually did enjoy the Mickey and Karen dynamic. Um, I'm sad they're gone because I really was kind of hoping for that kitschy scene between, like, Karen and Belle Noir having, like, a showdown on the beach a la The Matrix or something. But, uh, no, I think that this was the redeeming quality of the episode that saved it in my rating. Um, all of the imagery, all of the relationship between the two of them, like, it was well done to the point that, like, I did actually get teary-eyed when Karen did the thing in the ocean and formed her red tide. Like, you know, art is a struggle. Art is something that you are passionate about, and it is something that can bring you to distraction it can bring you to the highest heights of ecstasy and i think with karen she always knew this and she knew what art demanded of you and a genuine artist really should not want their success to be bought at the cost of their soul right and using drugs using alcohol using something to foster creativity is just a quick fix and karen held herself to a very high standard and I think the dynamic of her character this season was really awesome in the fact that I mean we started off and we all kind of were like she's annoying she's here for comic relief you know tuberculosis karen with a name like that and her you know calling people motherfucker going to munch on your balls she's probably not going to bring a lot to the table but she did and for me the biggest part of it was is that is stay true to yourself no matter what and she was the most altruistic character this entire season i mean sure she kidnapped a baby but we know that she did it because of whatever mitigating circumstances caused Belle to have control over that character to the point of <clears throat> convincing her to do something that went against her very being. But there and are Vinny, oh, Vinny, yeah.
2: you, you made a good point though when you were just saying like she stayed true to herself and stuff like that. It reminded me she actually said when she was having that conversation with Mickey on the porch, um, before he like basically sacrificed her, um, she's he's like, Don't you wanna see something on the lines of, like, don't you want to see or show people how good you are or something like that? And she just yeah. said to him, like, I don't care if, like, I'm mm-hmm. good or not good enough. Like, I just want to be me. And it's, it's that, I think that's the difference with all these characters. Like, she's the one who has been treated like crap and stuff her whole life and she just she doesn't care. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I've always believed that an artist in the truest sense of the word does not create for praise. They create to create. They don't seek fulfillment if it comes great. But this series has been an interesting foray into like selling your soul for success and losing sight of your humanity. And that, that's been an overarching merit metaphor this season that I really do enjoy. I mean, despite the season not being the greatest in my eyes, um, this episode, this arc really hit that home. And she did go out, with almost like I don't want to say a hero's death because I don't want to glorify suicide but in the sense of staying true to herself and being like the only character this season in in the good guys camp if there even really is one other than her that stuck to her ideals and she stuck to her beliefs and I knew she was gonna kill Mickey. I, I a couple of episodes ago when we first started to see their relationship, I just had a feeling this was headed down a very tragic direction. And when he took the pill and I could kind of see him starting to change, I had a feeling there was gonna be a showdown of some kind. I honestly thought it would be between her and Belle, but I think it is more appropriate that it was her and Mickey. In this sense, we kind of got a nice little loop being closed for a story arc, and now we can see how the dominoes fall with the rest of the characters. But I think there's going to be a resonation and reverberations of consequence to what she did and what happened between them that's going to go and have really far-reaching consequences in the next episode.
4: I also just wanted to add, too, because you made me think of it, um, just the idea, like, how she kind of committed suicide, she, like, went into the ocean, it was almost like she was finally, like, freeing herself, in a sense, Uh and then again, when you take that, and then you understand, comprehend, that, like, Doris is literally trapped. It's, like, two different, like, outcomes, it just... Ugh, love the impact, just had to throw it in.
3: Oh, totally. And Doris, I mean, I do feel bad for Doris. Like, I didn't care for her. I never really liked her, and I do feel bad for her. But at the same time, she paid the price. Like, there was that one moment where we saw how... I i interpreted as she was hanging on Harry's coattails because she was like, no, we need to leave. It's horrible, it's horrible. Well, I just got signed for a movie. Oh, my God, Money! So she made a choice, and I I do feel bad for her, but she kind of made that choice to, you know, ride the wave all these years with Harry, and, you know, there was obviously pre-existing conditions with Alma, as we (laughs) saw when she was counting roadkill. So, you know, I think Doris had plenty of opportunities, and so did Karen, but I agree. I think Karen really, the, the mirror image where Doris is trapped, and Doris had everything Karen never had, but Karen is the one that gets that freedom she gets to go out in her own terms and she gets to be successful to whatever degree she thought she needed to be and it it was very beautiful any
1: final thoughts on karen and mickey before we move into not the mvp yet i have another major question that i want to ask all of you any other final thoughts all
3: right Come, come back as a mermaid (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh Yes, she will. <laughs> She'll come back as a siren. So, the big question that I'm going to ask, and I usually do this at the penultimate episode of the season, but uh, since next week is the final episode of uh, The Red Tide, I'm going to ask this. Uh, who survives? Who dies? Who do you hope survives? Who do you hope dies? Any predictions for the final installment of Red Tide? I'll leave uh, it, leave that question on the floor. Whoever wants to jump at it first may uh, give their answer. Do we have any theories?
4: Henry is dying. And Alma's going to take him out. Well, Henry's never going to die. Harry might die. Henry, Harry, <laughs> he doesn't deserve a name. He's an asshole. I think Carrie is
0: dying, and I think I think everyone but the, the original three, the um, Belnoir, Austin, Summers, and the chemist, I think those three are going to stay alive. But I think everyone else is dying.
2: I, I think that Ursula might survive. Yeah. Because what if she does get the pills, and then, like, the season ends with her just being in L.A. with a package of pills? You know what I mean?
3: Oh yeah, I totally see that happening. I think Ursula's going to survive. I I feel like Bell and or Austin are both going to die. I think because the chemist is pissed. I think the chemist is about to do like a napalm scorched earth. Like okay, y'all fuck this up. I'm getting out of here and I'm cleaning up my own mess um, because I. I I don't want to give too much away, but obviously we saw a little bit in the trailer that they were obviously quite upset about whatever happens next week. Things are going to come to a head. And I think we're going to see Belle and Austin really realize that they've, they're have they losing control of everything that was happening. And if that happens, then they're going to lose their supplier because the chemist will either stop completely or will leave. She's demonstrated she has no qualms about doing that. Um, I, I, I want to say that it's because I think it's going to happen, but it's more so that I want it to happen I want Alma to get run over by <laughs> Bell and Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I this is going to be a far fetched one, but there's been such a focus on Alma being a whack ass crazy little bitch that I wouldn't. I'd be pl- maybe pleasantly surprised to see whatever it is that happens. I don't know what level it would have to be, but something happened to like turn her around and have her survive having learned a very violent, drastic life lesson about the cost of success and walking away from Provincetown, the only one left alive, and, like, having a scene where she puts her violin down and never touches it again because of what it's cost her. But I don't think that's going to happen. But that's the only way I could, like, in any way, actually walk away from this liking Alma. And I think that would be an interesting way to twist it at the end.
4: No, she needs to die. Cut her head off. Got
3: her head
1: off. Off with her head. 100%. Yeah. I don't think any of the new people survive. My, I hope that Belle and Austin survive. But I could see the chemist, as, as was said, you know, basically saying, fuck it, burning it all to the ground, and then the final scene is the chemist in a new town setting up shop.
4: See, I think Belle and Austin are going to survive along with Ursula. And I feel like they're going to all cut a deal between them, like those three, plus the chemist.
3: I okay. almost think they're going to go fester somehow. Like she's going to doctor the pills and make them go fester.
4: That could be... Okay, but how funny would that be, though?
3: Right?
1: <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Alright, any final thoughts on the episode before we head into the MVP? Let's do it. MVP time. The most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Maddie Fitz, who's your MVP and why?
2: Oh my goodness. Um. Mm, okay. I'm going to be nice. I'm gonna go with Mickey, um just because I really enjoyed him this episode. Um, his tough love was actually quite uh, not inspiring for me, but it was it was quite different to see him like that, and I think he really did love Karen, and it sucks that he's gone, and I just I loved that whole side plot so Yeah, Mickey.
4: Odina. (laughs) Okay, so I'm not going to be nice. Um, TB Karen. She was insanely amazing. Just the acting was really good. The morality of the character was really well portrayed. And just has the absolute courage and will to do what... None of these other little bitches could ever do in their minds. So TB Karen. Priscilla.
0: Oh, my my MVP has to be Alma, that evil little bitch. Oh my god, she made me hate her so much. I didn't think I could hate a character as much as I could hate this little girl. My god it's just the levels to which i thought someone could be so cruel to a, to her own mother and to her own brother my god that little girl is so inhumane to her own flesh and blood but i guess it's the blood that matters to her now jeez I don't know it the, the actress is doing a damn good job of playing this like sociopathic like new person that's only interested in playing good job very good job
1: ain't that the truth
0: Vinny
3: so I will be nice Jeff I'm gonna let you go before me because my has remained the same and I'm curious if anyone else is gonna pick who I picked as my first choice
1: Oh, okay. Well, everyone knows mine. I was actually hoping someone else would pick her so that I could pick someone else. Because I don't really have much else to say. Okay, uh, uh, Lily Rabe. Um,
3: so, Vinny? Uh, Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really thought about this. I, I, I thought in depth about like, who I wanted to pick for MVP from this episode. And Tuberculosis, Karen, and Mickey were the most obvious, immediate choices. But the more that I thought about this... Ursula is the catalyst for so much that Alma is doing. You know, Harry was trying to keep Alma under control. He was trying to discipline her. He has been trying to get her used to the thermos diet and stop her from going out and killing people. And then little miss Ursula comes to town and just basically is like, Hey little girl, tell me everything. I'm going to let you do whatever the hell you want. And don't listen to your dad. Kill the, you killed the sheriff. Okay. Let's play Jen rummy. Um, I feel like without Ursula, the things that we saw happen would not have happened at the breakneck pace that they did. And another aspect of her as to why I picked her with the MVP is is as pissed off as I was, as we didn't get to see the immediate aftermath of the sheriff's death, just, I had a hard time remembering that she's never taken the pill. Like the character is so cutthroat and so, so ruthless. Like she's acting like somebody who already took it and she didn't. And for me, compounded with how much she has influenced what's going on it, she stood out as my number one for MVP
1: yes I do agree with you on that because there was that one scene at the end when she's sort of like oh mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's so pathetic to see people without talent and that kind of stuff and I was thinking to myself they might look at you at that, mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. that light at some point Ursula you're going to be useless for them At a certain point. So don't get too cocky, because you're not on the pill. So you could be lunch. I'm just saying.
3: Om nom 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 nom.
1: (laughs) Yes. So now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 Muse pills? The point system is allowed, if you found the episode exceptional. Deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted Golden Muse... This is going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting because we're going to start with Vinny first. And I feel like he's (laughs) the one that is going to be the most interesting, I think, maybe.
3: Maybe. Uh, God, I've been going back and forth. I'm going to give it a six. I was originally going to give it a five because it kind of was in the middle of the line for me, but... You know, actually, no, a seven. I'll I'll go with a seven, and specifically because I forgot to think about the cinematography and I forgot to think about the visuals. I was so focused on disliking the Doris stuff, and how all my thoughts about that, which I won't rehash again, but that kind of prevented me from thinking about like looking at this from a logistic perspective, like even though the story has suffered this season and the Murph has reared its ugly head with the middle pacing, just kind of going here and there and dropping by the wayside. Visually, we've had a lot of stunning sequences. We've had a lot of homages that tickled my horror movie sense. Uh, so without those, I would go with the six, but with those and also due to the Mickey and the Karen episode, arc, I will go with a seven. I think that this could have been a better episode in a lot of ways. Um, I wanted to see more, I wanted to see things that we hadn't predicted, because now I am worried that some of the things that we, you know, thought about are really going to just play out, and two of the biggest characters are gone now, and so I'm kind of left wondering, like, how can you really dig yourself out of a hole right now, and blow our minds away with one more episode, so, seven.
1: So we're starting off with a seven, from Vinny. I feel like, based on what everyone else said,
3: that we're going to be moving up, but
1: you never know on these podcasts... You never know. Let's go to Priscilla.
0: I think I'm going to give it a 10. I really liked this episode. I, I loved how everything went with um Doris. I Even though it was predictable, because we did predict that she was going to turn into a fester. Like, I still think that it was... Impactful that it was. The whole episode, you were just like, "Oh my God, please don't, don't drink it, don't drink it, don't drink it." The whole episode, you were on tenterhooks with her. You were just wondering whether or not she was gonna take it or not. And then when she did take it, you had like, like, like. Jeffrey said you had that hope that maybe she was going to get better, and then when she raced, and then when she threw up, you knew that it just wasn't going to get better, and then you saw her hair, and it just, it kept getting worse and worse, and... It's just, it kept breaking your heart And it, then when you saw The episode couldn't get any worse You got tuberculosis Karen With her heartbreaking Scene with, with Mickey And their love that Couldn't be with Their scene at the beach And how Sad everything Turned out to be with her Turning into exactly what she Hated and having to d- destroy herself and destroy him just to have a semblance of humanity left in her so my god this 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 episode had twists and turns of dramatics to it too it was great writing i loved it so yeah a 10.
1: throughout the episode I just kept popping into my brain she's going to eat
0: the baby
3: yes
1: alma and and then Festery Doris. Good grief. And we never saw the baby at the end. Because now you have two bloodsuckers in the family. I mean, the poor baby. Shishka baby. Shishka baby. All right. We've got a seven. We've got a ten. Odina, how would you rate this episode?
4: I'm going to agree with Priscilla. I'm giving us a ten. I think when I was watching this, I was thinking pretty hard about what I would rate it. And I will say the same thing as Priscilla as well. I think what really brought it up to a 10 for me was the impact that it had. The emotional impact uh, that I felt I didn't really get from previous episodes, specifically the last episode before this. But I think like I genuinely teared up and felt pity for Doris and then with tuberculosis Karen and Mickey I felt heartbroken like it had that impact on me and I also feel like they brought back what was missing in the last episode for me which was the atmosphere like the music of Alma playing while she's also trying to manipulate her own mom and like all those kind of creepy little small elements kind of came back. But I think from, especially because I am a writer in a sense, uh, from a writing standpoint, I think this was just a really good way of telling a predictable story, but in a way that makes you actually care. And I also don't think this is the last of Doris. She's a fester, sure. But I can't really see them putting Lily Rabe on the back burner for an entire final episode. Something's going to happen. But overall, yeah, I'd give this a 10. I don't think it's going to, there's going to be any other episode that's going to reach this for me. But I really like this episode. The ending sold me completely. So we've got Vinny on his little seven island.
1: (laughs) We'll send you like a Postmates on that island. And uh, we've got two tens. Maddie Fitz might be joining you on the island. Maddie Fitz sometimes pulls a number out of air oh,
3: and come makes on. it appear. I don't <laughs> think she's going to join me.
2: Oh, well, I'm kind of going to go down the middle. Um, I would, I'm going to say an eight and a half because, like I was saying, uh, the whole Gardner plot I didn't quite enjoy. Um, obviously we've said a lot about it, how it was very demoralizing for Doris. Um, you know, they were basically letting her go. Um, but I, I, like I said, the cinematography, everything was just gorgeous. Uh, like we were saying, the audio, Um, the sound, everything was great. I really, really enjoyed it. There was just like a little, a few things that I, I didn't like, you know, like I was saying, um, her in the shadows where she comes out, then her hair's gone. So predictable. So, you know, just, yeah, that was kind of disappointing, but the whole B plot to me just really brought the episode to where it needed to be. And, um, it's kind of leaving me with, um, you know questions as to what's going to happen next Um and I mean this is this is almost the end guys uh, so I hope that you know the next episode is going to bring it up to a 10 for me but it, it's getting close it's definitely far from I think a couple of ratings in, in the first couple episodes but uh, not as low <laughs> as the last episode but yeah so this episode definitely brought it a little bit higher for me
1: That's interesting. I'm trying to wonder. I'm curious. Has Maddie Fitz softened in her old age? Or is Vinny the new Maddie Fitz?
3: I was waiting for you to say that. See, what you really don't know is that Madison is an immortal entity that every so often she has to mentally swap bodies to stay alive.
2: Yeah, and we're in that
3: process right now.
1: She did that. Yes, (laughs) Maddie Fitz, have you ever been on a podcast where anyone has rated anything lower than you? Uh, I don't think so. I know, maybe like
2: once, but there's a first for everything. Yeah,
1: yes, it's it's a first for everything. Love it. Okay, so I really enjoyed the episode. If you couldn't tell from the beginning, and my marveling about Lily Rabe, I thought she was fantastic. Uh, Sarah Paulson, T. B. Karen, Macaulay Culkin—I mean, they were the highlights of the this episode. Um, as much as I don't like her character, props to the young actor that plays Alma because she was fantastic as well. This—I uh, thought this episode was really good. Very well done, beautifully shot. Um, predictable, sure, some of it. Uh, but beautifully orchestrated in in its predictability. Like, I I enjoyed it. I was on the edge of my seat. I was captivated by the performances. Uh, I went into this with a 10 in mind. There's a part of me that wants to bump it up to a golden just because I don't know if the finale next week will live up to the goldenness. Uh, But I think I'll stay with a 10, because I feel like 10 is appropriate. Uh, It was a solid hour and a half, with commercials, of television. I really enjoyed this episode. And maybe, maybe it's a little bit of a high based off of whatever that was last week. But uh, this was, you know, after a hiccup, it returning back to, you know, the form that we had gotten in those first three episodes, at least for me. So, I enjoyed it. I was here for it. Lily Rabe, Macaulay Culkin, Sarah Paulson. Props to all of them. Especially you, Sarah Paulson. Producer of uh, AHS this season. Yes. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Double feature, part one. Red Tide. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
2: Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? Double feature and subscribe.
1: Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts. Please wish the listeners a good night. Starting off with... Is she still controversial? I don't know. It's Madison Fitzpatrick.
2: Good night, everybody. See you next time for the end, but not so end, of this season.
1: Yes. Well, the end of one story. will be beamed up the following week. Odina?
4: Good night, everybody. If you see any little girls popping pills, run her over.
1: What if it's just the Flintstone gummies?
4: Still run her over.
1: Oh. Priscilla?
0: watch out don't take any of those pills what if you're not talented you don't know you'll never know
1: <laughs> oh no bye and we've welcomed him back from his little island Vinny.
3: have a wonderful night everyone and remember there is nothing more tragic pathetic and sad than a predictable story arc trying to make it in this world
1: that was shady in a good way <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid? Double Feature, Part 1, Red Tide, every Friday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Good night.